Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. 56% of Americans told ABC Ipsos that they want Donald Trump out of the White House by January 20th. Nancy Pelosi wants him out, Chuck Schumer wants him out, the Democratic House leader and Senate leaders, respectively. And uh, Ms. Pelosi, or Congresswoman Pelosi, got in touch with uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff of the military, General Milley, and asked whether there was an opportunity or a chance to maybe separate Donald Trump from the nuclear codes. Well, this either is going to get a lot of support or it's not. Among Democrats, as we heard, 97%. Support they are in that fifty-six percent who want Trump out nationally. Ninety-seven percent of Democrats, thirteen percent of Republicans. My good friend John Zogby is the founder of JohnZogbyStrategies.com, and John is one of the most highly respected pollsters in the United States and has been for many years. His clients include IBM, Coca-Cola, General Electric, GE, and Microsoft. The podcast, which is really great, it's the Zogby Report, and uh, he's the author of many books, including We Are Many, We Are One. John Zogby joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. John, thank you for all the time you gave us in uh, in 2020, and uh, thanks for coming on the, on this weekend as we start the new year. Sure. Hi, Roy. You've seen a great deal over the years, and you've mm -hmm. polled Americans on hundreds of issues. Where does this week, and particularly what happened Wednesday, the assault on the Capitol, where does that rank? Um, among the most devastating that, that I've ever seen, you know, I was a teenager when John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Um, I was teaching when uh, Richard Nixon was actually forced to resign. Those are big moments, you know, um, uh, defining moments in, in our lives. This was a defining moment. I mean, something that, um, I mean, to be realistic, we thought something like this was going to happen. But still, when it happens, it's, it's, it's shocking. Did you have any fear, and I've talked to um, some American friends and acquaintances by phone over the last few days since Wednesday, and I asked them this question as well, John. Did you have any fears, any concerns that it would end differently, that it would end in a, and you know, I mean, it was bad enough what we saw, but it, that it would end much worse? Uh, yeah. You know, as you watch it unfold, um, I mean, let's be blunt, the, your first reaction is WTF. Um, yeah. And then from there, I mean, the, that was uh, an out-of-control mob. Um, watching it in real time to the degree you could see it un unfold, um, you're, you're seeing a, a relative lack of law enforcement, um, wondering, you know, how do you penetrate one of the most secure government buildings in the United States? an angry mob, unruly, out of control, egged on by none other than the chief law enforcement officer of the United States. Um, and you had to wonder, are Congress people going to be shot up? These, these were folks that were carrying weapons, you know, whether they were blunt force knives or, in some instances, actual guns. Yeah, it, it, you know, I kept watching, as I was watching this unfold, I kept thinking, I just hope something doesn't happen. You know, the, oh. the fulcrum event, the, the, you know, the fulcrum is there and the, and the teeter-totter is moving. I just hope there isn't something that just 
weighs it down completely on one side. I don't know if my if my visual works, but I was very concerned that it was, something would happen spontaneously that would get the thing completely out of control. Not that it wasn't out of control, but even much more so. So let's let's kind of break this apart. There were tens of thousands of people protesting. Uh, total, uh, personally, total disagreement with that protest. No basis for it, but we know that um, that they're out there. We know that there are po- people who feel that the election was fraudulent. We've been headed in that direction now for 20 years since the election of of 2000, Al Gore and and George W. Bush. We know that Donald Trump got 47% of the vote, and, and most of those people who are, are, are people who don't want to deal with the fact that he lost. Um, but then we go through a funnel, and there are then over a thousand people charging the, the United States Capitol. And you look at those people, and I don't want to be an elitist, and I don't want to be like Hillary Clinton who called all of Donald Trump's supporters, a basket full of deplorables. But if you just look at the, the, those folks, you know that that's a radical element. Those are white supremacists. They made no bones about it. They were hanging nooses. Um, they were reenacting the George Floyd murder. Um, they were wrong. I mean, wrong morally. Um, again, I'm not trying to be elitist, but these are people who are not protected by the First Amendment and freedom of speech and freedom of assembly. These were insurrectionists um, uh, who, uh, who were acting on the basis of, um, I, I suppose, their own set of facts, but not universally accepted facts um, that there, there was an election fraud. These are folks that were looking for trouble. They made it. You expressed concern on air with me prior to the November election. So it would have been around mid-October. You and I were mm-hmm. talking, and uh, and you stopped me dead in my tracks while, while, while you were talking. And that was when you said that you had concerns. I'm paraphrasing here, of course, that you had concerns that the emotions that might be coming to the fore or had the chance of coming to the fore after the election or that were permeating sort of bubbling in the united states at that time might not be entirely dissimilar to what was happening in the u.s to the level of emotion that existed prior to the civil war Mm -hmm. you still feel that way i still feel that way yeah we're in the middle of this right now the uh wednesday and the outrage that that came after wednesday um neither of those are over um, Donald Trump, you know, will be gone from the White House um, on January 20th. Uh, I don't believe before, despite some efforts. But this sentiment is tearing uh, this country apart. Um, the uh, there there are real movements for secession in various states, um, uh, and th- those have been enabled. Those movements have been enabled by it. Uh, we are warring cultures here in the United States, um, and it's hard to see the red and the blue um, acting together. Uh, you just watch this, uh, this event in and of itself, and you see Democrats are saying, this president, is. It, we, we watched him commit 
a crime. This is there. There's no equivocation about this. There's a crime. He must go. He's a clear and present danger. Um, on on the other side, there are Republicans who are saying, "Okay, his behavior was deplorable, but this is only going to further divide the American people." Look, the American people are further divided already, and uh, Mr. Biden, um, President-elect Biden, has an almost un, uh, impossible task before him. I think he's got the right skills, the right demeanor, the right image. I think he's the right age, frankly. Um, you know, an, a calming sort of uncle. But uh, the, the, this problem is very deep, and it is tantamount to what Lincoln faced when he entered. Before I take a break, John, I want to ask you this and just follow up on what you said. Republican Senators Pat Toomey, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Lisa Murkowski, uh, I think she's Alaska. Is she Alaska? Alaska, yes. Alaska. They're calling on Donald Trump to resign mm-hmm. now. Do you believe that um, this sort of political expression may create some forward momentum or will they and other republicans who have spoken similarly simply be seen by mr trump's most ardent supporters as being not worth listening to um yeah he's not going to listen uh to to that and uh the the question is will there be momentum this is a partisan thing right now democrats will impeach in the House of Representatives, at the very least, making a statement. Republicans will not jump on that bandwagon. Um, you will have, uh, you know, a, a few Republicans who will join in. But first of all, Congress is um, uh, is uh, r- districted in such a way that there are, you know, uh, ultra Republican districts. Uh, there's just no incentive for congressmen to uh, to listen to anybody else except their loudest and and most ardent supporters um, secondly um, president trump uh, owns the republican party lock stock and barrel ninety four ninety five percent of republicans voted for him and seventy nine percent right now do not ha- want him to leave office seventy nine percent of republicans and so I think just looking at this politically, you're you're just not going to have action on the part of the Republicans. Now, um, the, what's interesting is that the the, the third-ranking member of the House, Jim Clyburn from South Carolina, uh, just today said, you know, impeachment doesn't have to happen uh, while the president's still in office. They can vote to indict him in the House of Representatives now and then bring that to the Senate months later um, after some, you know, they do some people's business and vote to um, uh, f- uh, find the president guilty in the United States Senate, in a Democratic Senate, um, and do that so as to prevent Donald Trump from running for office again. That's an interesting twist, and I don't. Uh, I'm going to assume that uh, Congressman Clyburn knows what he's talking about. John, you mentioned the word uh, secession, and, and I, mm-hmm. I think I've mentioned it to you. I've talked to you about this as well. But I've seen more, again, more op-eds, more opinion pieces 
about right. potential breakup of the United States again since the uh, since the new year began. Is that a really serious concern in the U.S., that there might be enough of a movement that certain states would vote to secede? I have no idea how that would work, but are you concerned? I'm concerned not that secession will happen, although maybe down the road I might be. I'm concerned that it's uh, entering into the mainstream of the debate and that basically what happens is that um, we... We continue to be two different cultures, two different warring mentalities, two different sets of facts, and that the, it makes a conversation and public policy uh, almost impossible. What might serve to ease the pressure? Is there a formula for that, or is that not going to happen now? I think we have to find the commonalities. You know, for starters, COVID-19 is a commonality. Whether people acknowledge it, as a pandemic, acknowledge it as a, as a serious problem. The fact is that people are dying in all 50 states uh, and, and dying at higher rates and, and uh, contracting it at higher rates than before. That has to be dealt with, and that can be unifying. Secondly, the, like Franklin Roosevelt in the New Deal, we need a huge injection of funds you know we're we're now losing jobs again on top of jobs that have been lost already and so there's public policy that needs to be done um, to remediate uh... what's going on and to move us forward into the future um, you know to to advance we need infrastructure you know both uh, um, high-tech infrastructure and you know traditional roads and bridges we need to move rapidly aggressively towards green technology whether there are people who can't buy into that or not is immaterial uh, we have to move forward with economic development and that in itself can be a bridge builder has joe biden got let me use the cliche what it takes I think if anybody does, honestly, he does. First of all, um, I think he has empathy, and I think that can go a long way. I think he's a, a likable fellow. And while that sounds cliche, he's not a lightning rod. Um, you know, he's not somebody who automatically uh, builds walls between himself, people who disagree with him. If there's anybody that can bring a handful of Republicans on board with him, uh, you know, I think it's it's Joe Biden. Uh, and I, as I said before, I like the fact actually that he's 78 years old. That means that there's, uh, you know, no long-term ambition there. There's a focus on just these four years and being a, a, a calming influence. With that said. Though he's got a really daunting task. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.